Hello and welcome to the gaming edition of Tech Crack, the podcast series brought to you by Sync NI, Northern Ireland's leading technology community. The gaming edition of Tech Crack will see us interview people from all around the gaming community in Northern Ireland, from gamers and Commonwealth winners to gaming developers and directors. We'll be getting insights on their favourite games, advice on how they got to the level they're at, and what they're looking forward to most in the future of the gaming world. Hello there. And welcome to the latest edition of the Tech Crack Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, John, and today I'll be interviewing Professor Christopher Scott, Professor of Graphic Design at Iowa State University. I'll be talking to Christopher about influences in his life from gaming and his career pathway, how he came from a small town of Ardbow in County Tyrone to being a Professor of Graphic Design at Iowa State University. As we're nearing the end of 2022, Myself and my player two in every game, Mary, will go through our top five alternative games we played in 2022 and the top five we're looking forward to in 2023. Chris, thanks very much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for inviting me, John. No problem. It's been a while. Now, I know your background and I'd like to hear, and I'm sure the listeners would like to hear your pathway from all the way from Arbo, County Tyrone, to Quito, Ecuador, to now Iowa State University Professor in Graphic Design. That's, that's such a great title, too. That's such a like, prestigious title. Like, yeah. tell, us, tell us that pathway. How did you get to that stage? It's been a crazy story, to be honest, and crazy journey. Um, from even my thinking about that journey, even you saying those words, it makes me get a wee bit emotional. Um, and to be honest, it's been a crazy journey, a long journey, a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication put into it. Um, but basically, um, when I was, I think when you go back to the start, um, I was, um, a, I, I studied um, a graphic design in the University of Ulster McGee. And even to get to that point, it was a challenge because um, I remember even I was um, I was not the first I was not accepted to be a student there. I had wait, I was on the waiting list, um, and, but I finally got in um, to study um, in the University of Ulster McGee, and um, it it wasn't something that clicked automatically. Um, the career of graphic design with me before that I wanted to be. Uh, uh, an architect. I also wanted to be an animator. I also wanted to make video games, which is something we can mention later on. Um, and then it just happened to be that graphic design was one of the things that I landed on um, in terms of maybe connecting uh, my creativity and, and my the art side of things with something uh, that po- could possibly make a bit of money. But um, so whenever I was studying graphic design in the University of Ulster McGee, uh, there was not any project or any class that I was really connecting to um, as such. And it wasn't until the very last semester when I, the teachers were like, Christopher, do whatever you want. And I was like, at the first, that's kind of daunting, right? Because you yes. hear, uh, hear a teacher saying, I'll just do whatever you want. You can do your project, you whatever you feel comfortable with. Um, I... I've always been a fan of adventure, uh, Indiana Jones, um, tree houses. Like I always used to make tree houses when I was really young. 
So I was always in some way or another connected to nature because Ardbo and also Donahmore, which is another um, small city or town I used to live in, um, was always surrounded by nature, right? Um, mm -hmm. And that got me thinking about the nature as a, um, as a whole and, and the importance of the environment and um, the earth in general. And I remember I was investigating, you're talking this, this is back in this in 2007. This is um, going way back 15 years ago. It's crazy even to say that. <laughs> and I remember I was investigating, and there was a, a, a data that came up uh, that came up and said that the world cannot live without the Amazon rainforest. It's like the lungs of the earth. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. And I started investigating a lot into that and Latin American culture, um, and I ended up making the dead leaf poster um, yes. because of that, because of that, that, that work. And then fast forward a couple, uh, like a couple of months later, a couple of years later, whenever after I finished that poster, it was, it was a long process, uh, me and you traveled to Italy, uh, and it was an amazing experience. And that was the first time that I ever won an international award. Mm -hmm. um, and we had a great time there. Yeah. It, was, it was fun. We met some of the best designers in the world, like Moody Pertle from Pentagram, which is an amazing, amazing agency. Um, we also met, met Yoshi Lemel from Israel. It was an unbelievable experience, right? Yeah. Um, and then that was like the start of everything. I remember even we were sitting in the in the coffee um, uh, the coffee store in the gallery in Milan, mm -hmm. and I was like, I was very, very emotional and to the point where I was actually, I was actually crying. I remember, I don't know if you see, probably seen that, but I was, I was, <laughs> <Pretty well. laughs> I was like, this is maybe the start of something. This is something is something unique is happening here, and then all the crazy things started to happen. The, the work that poster dead leaf got started to get a lot more international rec recognition um, got a lot of uh, international awards, which was not the intention of that work. It was a dead leaf to um, in the shape of South America to showcase um, the deforestation in the Amazon, which was never the intention to win awards or anything. It was just about communicating the important message of the Amazon rainforest. And then it just started taking a life on its own. It got ex exhibited all around the world. And then fast forward, um, it started to get my name uh, recognized internationally. Uh, and I remember in 2010, I got invited to do my master's in the University of Ulster as well by Robin Hodge and Patrick Lynch. And they say, Christopher, we invite you to study the master's. Would, would this be something you'd be interested in? And I was like, let's try it, right? Let, let's see what happens. And, then uh, after that, um, so I got my master's in December 2011. Dead Leaf was winning a lot of awards, getting lots of recognition uh, alongside some of the other works that I've, that I've been doing. But that work specifically, because it was so connected to Latin American culture, really connected to Latin America. Yeah. So I was getting emails every single week of people saying like from Ecuador, from Brazil, uh, from Argentina, shout out to Argentina for winning the World Cup. <laughs> um, and then all these countries that I've never heard of in my life because I was a I, Irish 
or bow boy yeah. doesn't know anything else because we don't generally go outside of our country as as we only focus on Irish culture, which is something unique right in itself. But like, if you say that someone do they know where Ecuador is or a country like that, like or Venezuela, they don't know. They they you know what I mean. So, um, I was that was a, a really interesting to me. So I started investigating all these different cultures and I got invited in March 2012 after I finished my degree on my master's in design to give a conference there in the uh, in the UMET which is a, a small university in Ecuador and I give a conference and obviously they were they wanted me to talk about dead leaf the poster right so basically yeah. uh, it was like 30 minutes talking about dead leaf talking about all the process all the story behind it, because just that poster alone, I could talk about it for hours. Um, <laughs> uh, and then I talked about my other, other works that I've done as well. But um, then uh, I went, I, I stepped forward a wee bit later, I think it was September of the same year, 2012. I went back to Ecuador for the second time to give a workshop. And whenever I walked into the doors of the university, then the, the director of the career, the graphic design, never even said hello. They just said to me, Christopher, we have a proposal for you. And I was like, okay, interesting. And we sat down and we said, they said, Christopher, we want you to be a professor here. And we talked about numbers and we talked about what's the possibilities, how to get visas and all of that kind of stuff. And basically within a couple of hours, everything was sorted. Um, yes. And I, I literally went back to the hotel, and I had had we had so many things planned, uh, going to traveling around other places in Ecuador. We had to cancel all those, and I had to get an early flight home to Ireland to say goodbye to my family. Uh, <laughs> and then we then I just from October 2012, I've been in Ecuador, and then literally this year July I got um, I, I was nearly in Ecuador for ten years, and then July of this year I moved to Iowa in the United States. And currently I'm a professor here in Iowa State University. Um, and that's the shortest, I was, it's very <laughs> challenge. It was a big challenge to get all that story of more than 20 years of my life into that, what? Into like a couple minutes. <laughs> yeah, very, very challenging. No, you done well, you done well. Thank you for that. It's uh, it's such an interesting pathway, and it just shows that if you have the want and the will um, to put yourself out there, you can achieve something of yourself. Like coming from a small place in Ardbo to working now as a professor in a great, in a massive state like Iowa. Um, like congrats, man! And I'm glad that I've been part of the journey along the way. Um, very small part of the very start of it. But I'm, I'm holding on to that one. <laughs> I remember that day, that, that week. How many days were we in Italy? Was it five days? Maybe five, yeah. Five. Three, four, five. It's all coming yeah. there. It was, I remember that moment. And that was like the start of everything. Of if you're, if you're yeah. like throwing a stone into a river and then it bounces all the time, that was, yeah. the, it was the first time it hit the water. The first time. I, I can never do that. that uh, what do you call it whenever the water? skipping I, I can never do it but it was like the first time it hit the water and went to the next one that that i remember that day um in the gallery and um, it was very very special um 
yeah, and it, was, it was great to spend spend that few days in Italy with you. It was, it was a great time. We, we, we had a bit, a bit of fun. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it makes me very, like, going back to all these moments and stuff. That's why one of the reasons why I accepted to be this um, podcast with you, because I know that we go back to these moments. And it makes, it, makes, it brings all these emotions, like memories, fond memories, to be honest. And, yeah, it was great. Definitely great. Yeah. It is, but what you were saying before is like, it's all about hard work, dedication, mm-hmm. and is, there is a luck that comes into play as well, and, and timing, timing is a big thing, yeah. uh, it, 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 it is, um, it's all about things just, time, just, things just sometimes just connect, and yeah. things just like come together, and you sometimes can't explain them. Harder and luck. So I think that's a nice way to put it. It's, it's, it's hard end. I, I think, it, and I always tell my students, like, uh, you could have all the talent in the world, but it's all about about your mentality and your attitude and how mm-hmm. you, uh, what way, if you want something, you have to grab it, right? It's it, it's not about, it's not about um, that, that you hope to get it or that you're, the luck, the luck might get get it for you. You, you need to, if you want something, you need to either ask for it or either grab it, right? You need to grab the opportunity because um, you, we only live once, right? And 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 I believe that um, that mentality and that attitude of just getting whatever you want in that moment is, is very very important. Exactly, well, that's exactly it. Um, well, just as you were saying about fond memories, um, I think it's about time we'll start start off with a few questions just to get you eased in so what was the first game or system you had played so this is amazing i i i have a bit of a story for every question um whenever i I think i was maybe five i think um yeah you're talking like 32 years ago so you get to get get to know my kind of age here uh i think it was i think was five years old I'm not, I think maybe it could have been six or four, maybe, but around that, around that, maybe around about P1, I guess, um, mm-hmm. primarily. Um, and I heard a rumor that Santa was bringing me and my brother, because me and my brother always shared um, presents, yeah. right? Um, we Whatever we got, we got it together, like, and they were buying it for us. We, we never, never, I've never got a separate present for me. It was always me and my brother, right? Because we we're always getting a big thing, right? We would always we would always get like a pool table. We always get like a PlayStation One or whatever, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I we heard a rumor from Santa Claus that we were getting a n- original Nintendo, you know, the, the, the NES. NES, yeah. Oh, the NES, right? yeah. So we heard the rumor, right? And we the rules in our household was that you're not allowed to wake up until six or seven-ish, right? You're not, yeah. even if you're lying in bed, you can't, you can't wake yeah. up early, right? And there's a reason why, of course. Right? We know the reason why you can't wake up early, right? Oh, yeah. It's not to tell us <laughs> to get all the gifts ready. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So... It's for all our young listeners out there. <laughs> yeah, brother, don't be <laughs> So we... <laughs> but we, this is the first time that we broke that rule. I remember very clearly, I don't know how I remember it, because my memory is not great overall, but I, there is certain things I remember. I'm, I think I, we woke up at three, because mm. we were super excited for this special one, right? Because before mm. this, we got nice, cool gifts. 
but it was the nails, right? Another mm -hmm. clip in my, I think the nails was maybe out a year or so. So mm -hmm. other people in my neighborhood had one, right? Yeah. So I knew, we knew all about it. So we, me and my brother were like super excited. So we ran down the stairs at 3 a.m., which we weren't allowed to do. And I was just there. And me and my brother were went crazy. Like we were like jumping out. Do you know those reaction videos in the world? Like yeah, the kids open up the consoles and stuff. And it, so it was the Nintendo, the NES. And the first game was, it was the Super Mario Bros and the Duck Hunt in the combo. Yes. So we got that and we had the gun and everything. It was so much fun. Oh my God. And I, I give it a think like Duck Hunt itself was such an innovation for the time, right? Because it, like a gun that you would literally press on the screen, like it was so ahead of its time. It was crazy. I remember yeah. you would cheat where you hold a gun directly at the TV. Uh, <laughs> and then, but then you were, if you were a bit risky, you would go away, you would stand back and shoot from further away. But yeah. but the first, the, out of those two games, it was the Super Mario Bros, obviously the first one that, that really was like, this is amazing. Like I'm, and that was my first ever experience in video games at all, right? It was the first Super Mario Bros. on the Nintendo, and it was so special. I remember that moment for the rest of my life. It was like me and my brother literally, I'm not even joking, played it that day, I would say maybe for 20 hours. We, and then we got no, then the next day, we would get very little sleep and run down straight away again. again. I'm back I'm just playing Mario again and again and again and again. And obviously when you're that age, I was maybe five and my brother was two years older than me. Mm -hmm. I don't think we never finished it. We would just play like the first world again and again and again. Because yeah. the first world and the first couple of worlds are quite easy. But when you get into like the fifth, sixth world and stuff, it's it is hard. Um whenever the fireball things start turning around and stuff, it was hard. Um, you're going back but, into memories there as well. What was your first console, John? Uh, Master System 2, Sega Master System 2. That was the first one that my parents had got, again, much like yourself, me and my, my brothers. Um, but it was the one that had Sonic built into it. Um, wow. So there was different version, variations of it. You had Sonic built into it. You had Alex the Kid built into it, which Emma Rose in our last one actually mentioned that as well. I forgot all about that one. I've I've been gaming since probably about the same age as yourself, where like, in around that four to six. Um, and then we had Nintendo 64. I've been playing Sega Saturns, Dreamcast. I've played I've played them all at some at some point in my life, but the first one was Master System. Mine was so if we're going in chronological order, mine was the, the original Nintendo. And then after that I had the Sega Mega Drive. Yes, yes. With, with Sonic. Sonic came in came with that. Do you remember whenever like the console used to come with like a like a game, like Mario or Sonic or something. Those days are long gone. As I said in the last podcast, bring that back. I'm I'm all for having that, like having a game loaded in, loaded up and ready to go. As soon as you turn that on, it's there. <laughs> it was amazing. Like the, the, the especially I guess now. I mean, I mean, that was the reason why the was it the Wii? Even the Wii came with the was it Wii Sports games with it? Yeah. Or something. It came packed in it, right? I think something. Um. So yeah, I had the Sega Mega Drive, and then after the Sega Mega Drive, I jumped to the PlayStation One. Then after the PlayStation 1, I had the Dreamcast. Mm -hmm. And then after the Dreamcast, I had the PSP, then the PS Vita, then the PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 5, and the Steam Deck. 
But do you remember? Um, do you remember what got you into gaming? It, it was, was that particular. It was that morning. It it hooked me. To <laughs> it hooked me. I and I, I had a my mum is is amazing. Uh, she's one of those very special mums that is not like like she has like some kind of wee rules and stuff but like she's not one of those mums who are like oh you're only allowed to play 30 minutes and things like that <laughs> she was like you can play as long as you're having fun and as long as you do your homework do you know what I mean it's like yeah. as long as you do your homework you can play the rest of the day all you want and, and things like that but basically it was from that morning that Christmas morning it was just like it just got me from that day and I've loved it ever since um but yeah, it was from that morning, very, very, um, very, very special. And it just got me, it got me from the very, very start, to be honest. Very good. Have you had any influences in your graphic design studies and even your teachings from gaming? Or is there any potential influences in the future? Well, it's, that's an interesting one because um, when you go back to like the NES and, and, the, the, and things like that, it was all about video games, right? And uh, just the gameplay. Some video games... And it had that like kind of storytelling into it, like Zelda, but it wasn't really like over the top storytelling that you would see now. Like I, I, whenever video games first came out, it was all about the gameplay. I mean, now video games are having that interaction between video game, video gaming, and also storytelling as well. Um, and I think that's the biggest influence that graphic design and video games has, has probably taught me is that is that graphic design need, you need to tell a story within the images and also gaming nowadays it's all about that storytelling as well um and we'll sure i'm sure we'll get into that some of these storytelling aspects as well later on but i, I think that uh, that aspect of storytelling is very very important i'd say the other thing that's really impacted um the that that aspect of teaching and graphic design and, and, and video gaming in general is that interactivity, right? That in, that engagement between the the user and that interface or that medium, I guess, right? It, you need to have that engagement. You need to have that interactivity with what you're seeing. You're, and, and that's very, very important. I think that's the big advantage between, I love it. I love films as well. I love, I'm a, yeah. I love films. But the advantage over video games over 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 film is that in a video game you literally have an interaction with it with your with what you're the medium. That's mm -hmm. why video games is the biggest medium of all time. It's the it's such a big industry now that it's so much bigger than than it, any other medium, and it's because of that interactivity. It's it, it's because of that engagement with the medium and as such and that's very important as being obviously in, in being a teacher and it's also very important graphic design is how do you get people to use the five senses into what the experience is and obviously technology plays a big role in that as well right technology is a, is a huge role in terms of you're seeing now like playstation use the vr uh, you have adobe aero which is a really uh, like an augmented reality experience um, and you're seeing the, these things really taken into um, into consideration of where video games are not just holding the controller; it's it's much more than that, uh, which is very very interesting to be honest. Don't get me wrong; I love like the classic way of playing, but 
we also have to think about the future as well, right? Um, and I think that definitely those things have influenced um, the way I look at graphic design, the way I look at teaching, and the way, even the way I look at video games as well, is that it's much more than just looking at something. Um, and it's that engagement and that, that interactivity and that experience, that user experience that's fundamental um, to that um, to that activity. Yeah. Then just going off the back of that, do you think games would help develop mental, physical, cognitive skills, for instance, problem solving or hand-eye coordination? I think we're seeing that now more than any anything is that video games make us think, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, um, even when we go back to Mario, uh, like the Mario games, it's like, how do you get past like a certain jump or how do you get, um, how do you get past a certain level? It, it, it isn't making us think. It's not just like you're normally sitting in front of a screen and just pressing buttons. It's like, it's like even now there's lots of video games that have puzzle solving, right? And it's like yeah. it's a bit strategy and training the eye and reflexes and all these things. Like I've even heard like there was an article where if you play like a racing car games, racing games, it that improves your knowledge of actually be able to drive a car i mentioned that in the last podcast that um they i'm almost certain someone from northern ireland told their mom years and years ago that gran turismo I, you have to get me gran turismo because that's going to help me with my driving lessons and it's it, it just it, it seems to just spiraled now that like it's it seems to be the case <laughs> but in some instance it, it, it helps I, I i can't remember where the article was from but um it, it did, and also like like the God of War, which I'm currently playing, is like there's so many puzzles in while you're. It's not just like hitting an axe against the bodies or whatever. It's like there's actually parts where you're puzzled, so you really have to think and like what way is this working, things like that. And that trains the brain, right? It's like the brain's a muscle, and that muscle needs to be constantly uh, interacting and moving and uh, and thinking about puzzle solving and things like that. And, and that's very, very important, right? It's just like reading a book and stuff like that. And I think that video games are a very important medium nowadays to training the, the, the muscles in the brain, um, to make us think, to make us solve puzzles, to train the eye and the reflexes in our, our hands and our fingers and the, the muscles in general. And that's very, very important um, um, for our society. That's why I think that and um, whenever I was uh, a kid, we had this stigma where video games were something very negative. And I think bit by bit, I think now we're, we've, we've changed that. I think now where parents are more letting their kids play video games more because they understand that actually these things help them, right? They, there's video games that actually help um, kids be more um, um, learning valuable skills that they can later implement in their life and their... There's a lot of social skills now with it as well. Right? Yeah, of course, online gaming and things like that, right? Learn how to talk to people, how to communicate to people. And I think it's all these things are very, very important. Like my my mother would just let me play video games as long as I want. And I turned out pretty good, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I hope. I, 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 I... 
it's not, it's not something that that has been a, a negative part of me at all. I think it's I think video games are very very important for society, and um, there's valuable th- lessons to be learned from video games that other mediums can't even dream of of, of touching. I I believe. Oh, definitely. Um, so in this golden age of gaming, you can play games on pretty much anything. What's your go-to for gaming at this at this moment in time? So my go-to to, for gaming, well, it all depends on my mood. Um, but I, I love FIFA. Like FIFA yeah. is a is a is a great game for me. I just it's just like on a cold day, um, I feel maybe a bit tired after a long day of work or something like that. FIFA, mm-hmm. I just love playing. I've all the um, since I got the PlayStation 4, I've got all the FIFAs apart from FIFA 16. I don't know the reason why I never got that one, but I've got every single one in my, my collection. Um, I love playing FIFA. I just like play for an hour, switch off, play the career mode. Um, I don't. I never get into Ultimate Team and things like that. I just, I just play the career mode to play Man United. Um, or I play like a low division team and I get them all the way up and stuff like that. So FIFA is definitely one where um, a game... Um, that I love enjoy enjoy playing, um, but there's many other. I do love, but it all depends on how I feel in that moment. There is other games, like storytelling games and stuff. But yeah, FIFA will be the one where it'd be just definitely. It's always there on my shelf, just to pick up, just to play for yeah. a bit. What will be your go-to for game at the moment on your Steam Deck? So right now I'm playing. So literally only got the Steam Deck last week. Okay. Um, so uh, I got a one terabyte uh, micro SD card um, that I installed in it. Uh, and I'm currently playing Fallout 3 and Fallout uh, Las Vegas installed as well. So mm-hmm. there's a few, because I remember watching, because I was never an Xbox um, guy. My brother had the Xbox. Yeah. Uh, and I remember him playing Fallout 3 and mm-hmm. also Fallout New Vegas. I played Fallout 4 because it was on the PlayStation. Um, but I never played Fallout 3, so I'm currently playing it, and I absolutely love it. It's a, right. I've been addicted to it, uh, so I've been playing it for the last three, four days, and I absolutely endure it. So yeah, I really uh, did definitely recommend the Fallout series, the the number three I'm playing now, and you can play number four, I think it is. Yeah, number on the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. It's really, really good, so um, I'm currently playing that. And then there's another one that I'm currently playing, Ori. Already in the fort in the wild. Yeah, I played it last year. It's fantastic. I love I'm, that game. I've only started it. I've only started. I've only played maybe like an hour or something of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems pretty fun. People say it's awesome. So yeah, uh, the storyline is beautiful. The the graphics are just stunning. You know, I really got that. Mary actually got me involved in that. It was beautiful game. Beautiful. You, there's two of them, out, right? There's two of them. Yeah, I played both on the Switch. Uh, uh, they're, cause they're all on the Switch, right? Yeah, yeah. Switch or PlayStation? Was Switch Yeah, it's not on the PlayStation. That's why yeah. I never. I I also have a Switch as well, but I don't know why I never downloaded it on the Switch. I think maybe I was hoping, cause I, I am more of a PlayStation guy than a Nintendo guy. Well, especially now because I do love like the trophy systems. Uh, mm-hmm. I do like the platinum, the the platinum um, system and stuff like that. I do love that. But um, I don't know why I never got Ori on the Nintendo Switch. But since I got the Steam, it was one of the first games I downloaded as well. But I haven't really got, I'm currently playing Fallout more. Um, but I'm looking forward to the Steam Deck. It's, it's a very, very interesting device, to be honest. Um, yeah. A lot of interesting possibilities. But yeah, I haven't really, I need to get my 
my claws into it up hopefully over this christmas period it will do yeah you've got it's opening a whole other world of gaming for you i'm sure definitely <laughs> so was there ever a fork in the road where you might have gone down the game designing route rather than the graphic design well it's always been my dream to make a video game um and it nearly happened a couple of times actually and there uh and never I, I got a few opportunities um um uh, to to be in the video game industry in, in some way shape or another um uh, my first experience of um making things in the video game industry was back in my media studies class in holy trinity college in cookstown where um the teacher made us make the, a front cover for something and mm-hmm. you, you could select whatever if you want to make it for a film for anything and i remember i said i'm going to make a video game but the thing is that you have to make it it has to be your story it can't be like make a video make a front cover for mario it needed to be your own kind of your story as such so i remember i made a front cover for a video game i think it was called cyclosis or something like that something weird i remember but i remember the, i have the image in my head i remember it was a tall a tall guy with long black hair like a long black coat and he had a big huge sword and the background was all fire and things like that and i draw it all by hand yeah. uh, and it was and i remember putting like the playstation logo at the top and all that kind of stuff <laughs> i made it really super official like i even put it like i made the spine as well and i made the back and i remember mm-hmm. printing it out i was only 15 john at this time right yeah. I printed it all out and I actually put it into a sleeve, you know, like the sleeve of the yes. yeah, yeah. And I ha- that was like one of the hand-ins for my final exam for media studies. I was only 15, 14 or 15. And that was my first ever experience of actually trying to make something in, like a prototype for something in the video game industry. And then I remember um, whenever I, um, I was always a big fan of animation and all and, and, and things like that. And I remember even my first experience in making something on the computer was on Microsoft Paint. I don't know if you remember Microsoft Paint. Oh, John. Yeah, was, I'm not that I'm not that much younger than you, Chris. Like I remember Microsoft Paint well. Yeah, but it was amazing back in back in the day. It was like crazy, crazy but now maybe the young viewers won't understand what that is. But it was like you do, you draw everything pixel by pixel, dot by dot. And the first character, I was only 16 at the time. The first, my first experience using Microsoft Paint, I drew Cloud from Final Fantasy VII. Very good. And it actually that won a national award from DreamLab, which was a back in the day a really good company and association for technology and innovation. And I won a national competition between, um, for that drawing, um, um, which was cool. I still had the trophy back in my home in Ireland, but. Um, but it was pretty cool. And we went to a big awards ceremony and things like that in the, I think it was in the Odyssey, I think it was, um, in Belfast. And, and then in my, when I went to university, um, I had a class called 3D Design. And I was like, this is interesting. I could do something here with maybe video games. And I remember I, I had a game, that front cover for the game that I did when I was 15, mm-hmm. I started to, oh, I'm going to expand on this more. So I made a whole map for the video game 
that was kind of like inspired by Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. Very so good. I mean a whole map. I mean a whole map of all the video game of where you went to and where was his homeland and where he had to travel through all these dungeons. It was kind of like if you think God of War kind of. Yeah. But with a tall a guy with like a black cloak, like mm-hmm. really dark, really, and then he had a big huge sword. It's like a like hack and slash kind of like RPG kind yeah. of. It was kind of like God of War kind of. Um, and but it was like over, it was like that camera that God of War also has. It was like that kind yes. of like over the shoulder kind of. Yeah. Uh, um, and I, mean, I even had the story in my head and everything. Like you're you go into a house and you're someone has killed your father and you're getting refranged for someone killing your father and you realize there are these big um, monsters in the mountains that you want to get revenge over and you find all these magical powers and all these cool things. It was pretty cool. Um, and um, I remember making like, 3D models of the, the enemies and in that class with uh, Justin McGee. Um, I'm sure you remember Justin. Uh, yeah, I do, do remember Justin well. And um, so I made all, uh, so much material for it, all the maps and all the, the character designs, the front views, the side views, all these crazy things. And and then I never got um, I never got to pitch that video game to anyone, but I did um, um, got emails from other people who have made video games that want me like to join their team and stuff, but it never was the right fit. Um, yeah. I still believe at some point in my life I will get to make a video game or join a team of video gamers to help. Yeah, I got an email actually from a student in Iowa State who's actually making a video game right now and they want me to join the team. But I'll see, I'll see how that goes. But um, but yeah, it's always been one of my dreams. I, I definitely want to do it before I pass on to another world. Um, yeah. Definitely, because it's it's... It's such an amazing thing, and it's just really an amazing medium. I love video games. One of the most, my favorite things is video games. So hopefully, hopefully the dream can come a reality. Here's hoping. Tell me this now: What series would you love to see get a new gen return? So you're seeing a lot of like older ones, like um, Knights of the Old Republic from Star Wars. It's getting a new new gen remaster at some point in the near future. Is there any game where you're like, this hasn't even been talked about yet? Dan, to see a new gen version of this. So I've been extremely fortunate um, in my life that I so I, I mentioned before like you heard you were the Dreamcast guy as well right? you had a Dreamcast for I've I've played it I actually played with uh, Stephen Caldwell's uh, whenever I was in McGee um, I played with his whenever I, I wasn't well for like a week or so so it was great. Did he have Shenmue? Pardon? Did he have Shenmue the video game Shenmue? That I don't think so. Right, so that is um, the, I've been very fortunate. So Shame You come out in 1999, so I must have been around about 13 years old, and I had the original Shame You one and two for the Sega Dreamcast, and I've been very fortunate that 20 years later, after that, they did a remaster of one and two on the PlayStation 4, and then the third one came out um, uh, a year after that which was unbelievable. I think it was like a couple of years ago or last year. Um, so I've been very fortunate. That was always my dream. 
Um, I the E3. There's a famous E3 video yeah. where they announced Shenmue coming back, and also they announced the Final Fantasy VII remake. Mm-hmm. They did it. I think that was an E3 that was released. Maybe I think that was an E3 of maybe 19. What? What three or four years ago? I think that when they did that famous video. Um, but yeah. that's one. Of the, that's one of the most famous E3 moments of all time. When it that in a space of a couple of minutes, Shenmue and Final Fantasy VII like, <laughs> remake. Uh, so and then the, the remake of Final Fantasy VII, which was another dream of mine. Um, mm-hmm. That was the Final Fantasy VII was released in 1996 or seven, mm-hmm. and then 20 years later it was remade, which is actually a spectacular game. So I've been very fortunate. If you're telling me dream re-releases it would have yeah. been newer final fantasy step but yeah. then if you're if you're saying to me what games would i want um for like the new gens coming out now there's yeah. a i don't know if you know like there's a game called dragon's crown um i, I wouldn't know i'll put a part of it it was like 10 it's like 10 years old now it's like 2012 2013 um and I would love to see a Dragon's Crown 2. And um, it was released on the PlayStation 3 originally. And I would love to see a new. It's like, kind of like, do you remember Golden Axe? Uh, it was kind of yes. like that. It's yeah, like yeah. that kind of style. It's like beautiful. Uh, the, the same guys that make a Persona. Persona. Um, it's like Atlas is the guy that makes it. So it's really, really cool. Uh, I would love to see a new Cuphead. Cup for the, for the PlayStation 5. I love Cuphead, um, Dead Cells, is another game that I love. There um, is a new Cuphead out, is there not? The DLC, the DLC. Yeah. DLC, yeah. I've platinumed Cuphead. Um, oh, yes. And I've 100%ed the DLC as well, I love Cuphead. <laughs> Cuphead's my, if you're two in the top five, Cuphead will be in the one. What is such a special game, such a special game. Uh, I would love to see, I don't know if you've heard the game Dead Cells. Um, uh, it's I recommend downloading that. It's like a um, kind of Castlevania kind of style, but very very fast. Um, definitely recommend that. Um, I'd love to see it. Uh, it was released two thousand and seven ish, two thousand and seventeen. So it was Cuphead, I think. Um, so I'd love to see like a Dead Cells two, like a regen of like um, a, another two D Mario would would be cool. Yeah, that's funny. One of the books I'm reading at the moment, um, it's called Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. It's about these two people that are gamers, and um, Mary actually read it first, then she's given me the book, and reading it just makes me want to play a side-scroller again. Dead like, Cells. Yeah, so yeah. Definitely, I'll probably, that'll be probably what I'll be doing uh, next year. <laughs> Over over Christmas, yes, you get yourselves Dragon Dragon's Crown's on the PlayStation 4 or you can download it. Uh, Cuphead and Dead Cells. That's the three like for me that some of the like the best um kind of modernish 2D games that you can play. Um, right. and I'd love to see a new a new Castlevania will be amazing as well. Like a 2D or maybe even a 3D Castlevania mm-hmm. uh, will be cool. I do love Castlevania. Simply of the Night is a special game. I love that. Um uh, <laughs> So yeah, those I'd love to see. I, I'd love to see. Imagine like a Castlevania, but made to the quality of like the God of War. Like you know, yeah. what I mean? over the shoulder, that would be amazing. Um, but yeah, those will be the games that 
After yeah. big list of games. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'd love, I, I just love, I love video games. It's very hard, like, to for me to pinpoint a certain one. Is there so with movies and TV shows adapting from games are starting to become more and more popular? Um, the likes of Sonic has a lot of success. Soon to be released, Mario, and the Last of Us TV show. If there was one game you'd like to see adapted for the big screen or the small screen, what would it be? Let's just mention how awesome Mario looks, by the way. Yeah. How special does that? I, I'm I'm super hyped for the Mario, but even I'm more more hyped for the Last of Us TV show. Yeah. Have you ever played the Last of Us? Oh yeah, yeah. I did indeed. It's really good. It's some storyline. You play the did you play both of them first and second? Yeah. I love that, like The Last of Us, another game that will be in my top five of all time. Mm-hmm. The Last of Us, the first one, I know the second one is divisive, but I think they had to do something divisive because if you don't just, you can't just repeat the what the first one was. Exactly. But the last, the last of Us TV show give me chills like that. That that's going to be amazing. And the guy, yeah. the guy, what do you call the guy? Oh, and he's and he's gonna he's unbelievable in the Mandalorian, and he, I think he's gonna be amazing in this. He's gonna steal the show definitely. Um, um, so yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to those two. Those two, but yeah. Um, but in terms of what shows would I like to see? Um, Metal Gear Solid, I think, would be a good one. That's a very good show. That would be an interesting one, actually. But I, do you know what, John? I think that Metal Gear Solid wouldn't make a good film. It had to be a series. Yeah. Because it's so, the, the story is so complex. God, God of War would be a good one as well. I think Netflix have it. I heard a rumor about this last, was it a couple of days ago? They're making, is it making a series or are they making a film? I think it's a series. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but I'm almost certain Netflix have it. I don't know <laughs> what they're doing with it. Who's going to play Kratos? No idea. I think it's very early days. It's very early development at the moment. Uh, and then the last one I have here is Zelda. That would be good. I would what enjoy that one. I love Zelda. Would it be a film or would it be a series though? If it was a film, it would have to be a trilogy. It would have or, to be a trilogy, right? Or do what to do with most TV shows now where it's like an eight-part series, but the episodes are like an hour long. I, I, I think your first shout I would be bad. I would go a trilogy. I would go a trilogy film. Yeah. Tell me this. Last question of the day. So what's your number one game for 2023? My number one game for 2023. So it's between two. Okay. So it's the this new Zelda game. I think it's called Tears of the Kingdom. Yep. Um, or Spider Man Two. If I if you're if you're telling me now, I will go for the new Zelda again. Um, and then what else are we looking for? Uh, Diablo Four. I love Diablo. Uh, Hollow Knight, Silk Song. I don't know if you played Hollow Knight before. Hollow Knight is amazing. Definitely, you check out Hollow Knight if you like the. It's the kind of like Ori. Kind of okay. Like Hollow Knight. Um, and then. The, the the game I'm looking forward to in the future more than anything is probably The Last of Us 3. That, yeah, that's my games I'm looking forward to next year. Yeah, definitely. Very good. Well, Christopher, thank you very much for coming on. It's been a pleasure catching up with you. And thank you again for coming on the podcast. Great hearing your pathway. Great hearing 
how well you're getting on as as professor now. All the best for the future and um, have a good Christmas as well. The same to you and thanks for the invitation. It's been my pleasure and hope you have a great Christmas with you and your family. Yes, thank you. So with it being the end of the year, I thought I'd bring on my Forever Player 2 to help me with the wrap-up of 2022. Between getting a house, becoming engaged and getting a dog, we've still made a lot of time for our love of gaming. Uh, we've come up with two lists. The first is the top five alternative games we've played in 2022 together. This is outside of all the triple A's like God of War, Ragnarok, Lego Star Wars, Skywalker Saga and Horizon Forbidden West. We're taking a look at what the other games are that we really enjoyed and that could be a last minute stocking filler for a gamer. The other list is the top five games we're most looking forward to in 2023. So for the alternative games, I'm going to introduce my partner Mary. Hello, thanks for having me. Um, to honest, when I was thinking of this, I thought it was like a big year for the PlayStation Extra and PlayStation Premium. Whilst I don't have the premium, um, I did, you know, spend a wee bit on the extra. So a lot of my games, um, apart from two Switch ones, come from that, uh, which is really good, actually, because it opened me up to something I never would have played before. So um, the first one I was thinking was Spirit of the North. Um, you get to play as like a wee fox uh, and solve wee puzzles. Um, and he's trying to get with his wee ghost friend um, to kind of save his mountain from evil. Um, it's really cute if you have a dog because the dog kind of works with it too. Um, the next one um, is quite the opposite. It's Stray, which I think has been on a lot of people's radars. Um, we get to be a wee cat and there's like a dedicated cat feature, like a meow button. Um, and you get to like go around these like urban city slums uh, and annoy wee robots and stuff and kind of help them like get on with their day, which is really cute. Um, and then the last one from the PlayStation Extra, which I played, was a really mental one. Um, it was called My Friend Pedro. So when you look at the, the cover of it, it's like this really cute smelling banana. And I was like, John, like, oh, give us a we go. But no, it's actually like insane. So it's, it's like super a, violent. Yeah, it's like mental. <laughs> so it's like a side scroller. And um, you're just like a normal guy to like hanging out, I guess, like kind of shooting through these people. And the, my friend Pedro is like the banana kind of talking in your ear, being like, hey, I think you should kill those guys. And you don't really realize. I can't even remember how it ends. Actually, not that well, don't spoil, spoil it. it. No spoilers. Spoil it. But um, it was just a really, it was a really odd but satisfying game and side scroller, mm -hmm. in a in a year of like all these like amazing graphics for games, it was class to go back to a side scroller. Absolutely. Um. So yeah, those are my like three PlayStation ones. I played in the PlayStation Five, but I don't think any of them are like I think they're like PlayStation Four. So, um, don't have to have the big nearest model. Um, the other two are on the Switch. Um, now, I don't think this one's quite as alternative, but I was really obsessed with it. It's um, Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Um, it's like an open world Kirby game. You get to like suck cars. <laughs> you get to be a car. You get to be like a traffic cone. I think at one point you're on ice cream as well. Um, so Kirby's just kind of like going through the city trying to save his wee friends. Um, typical Kirby stuff but it's really good and the final boss fight um, actually I think it went on for about an hour or about 45 minutes it was actually mental and I've never been so like jacked up before so um, really cool uh, and then the other one um, although I said this ages ago so I don't think it's my like 2002 but um, John is your Portal one yeah it was Portal um, so Mary played the original on PC um, and they re-released it on Switch and she said I should give it a go because it's just a yeah, it's a very strategy. A lot of our alternative games were quite strategy based this year. You literally have two guns, a start portal and an end portal, and you have to get to the end of a room. Don't forget your companion cube. 
you have your companion cube every so often and you have it, it's some stellar cast as well like you have Stephen Merchant in it at one point and J.K. Simmons oh yeah yeah um, like, um, it's a really good game yeah. um, and it's really I think it was only like about two hours long um, and I think the time I bought it the Switch bear mine just came out in June 2022 I think I got like both games for £15 so it's probably even more cheaper now so um, if you miss the bus for Christmas you always get the Boxing Day wrap up so don't be worrying and the other list we're doing is the top five games we're both looking forward to most in 2023. This was quite tough. 2023 looked jacked for games. No real particular order, except for the very first one, is uh, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. We're both looking forward to that. I'm waiting for years for that, and I'm sure any kind of Switch owner is waiting for years for that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Big time. Um, next one is Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Mm-hmm. Loved, loved the, the first one. It was fantastic. And there's a lot of new Star Wars games coming out in the next two years as well. So I'm like, pure buzzing for that. Yeah, it's a good time to be a Star Wars fan. Yeah. Lego Star Wars last year and then you had Jedi Fallen Order like before that. And I think there's also like a remastered Star Wars with the Switch at the moment. There so is like, Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, so it's a good time to be a Star Wars fan. And I've seen there's a few other games that are to be announced as in date-wise. But next one on the list is Hogwarts Legacy. So that's going to be anyone who's remotely interested in Harry Potter and likes an open world game. Um, unfortunately, I heard there's no Quidditch, but you can't fly in a broom. That's fine. Like, I, I could get over that. I can understand that because at the end of the day, Quidditch is going to be a whole other mechanic. And it's going to be a hell of a lot of work for the game developers. Yeah. It's going to be a game within a game. And maybe that'll be a DLC down the line if the game's a bit of a success to like, work on that. The next one on the list is Goldeneye, which is something I am dying to play. <laughs> uh, remaster for the Switch. Originally Nintendo 64. I cannot wait to get it and show Mary it. I'm really hoping the graphics are going to be like... I don't, know, I don't know whether I want the graphics to be the exact same as the last one in the N64 or it's proper boxy or it's going to be like really, really good. So I'm happy either way there's just going to be remastered Goldeneye. And the last one is Spider-Man 2. Again, great storyline, great graphics. I can't wait for it. I know, you see, you just did Miles Morales this year as well. Yeah. So, on the PlayStation 5. Um, so, is that yeah. this year? Yeah, yeah. Is that the start of this year? Yeah, because I remember, I think I got my PlayStation 5. Oh, no, maybe it was last year. I think it was last year. I redone Spider-Man. Oh, you did Spider-Man on the, to get platinum. On the extra. Yeah, you played it again on the extra. <laughs> just, yeah, just because I wanted a Spider-Man game. But yeah, there's so many other games. Like, there's Wolverine as well, apparently. Coming out mm-hmm. next year, and yeah, it's just gonna be a great year. And Persona Five for the Switch, another Switch game. Yes, that's anybody. right. I've played it before on the PlayStation, and it's it is easily a hundred hour game, um, and it sounds like that's a lot of work, but it flies in, and it'll be even better on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Well, folks, thanks very much for listening to um, our wrap up for twenty twenty two, and Mary, thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, anytime. That's all from us today, folks. I'm your host, John, and thanks very much for listening to the gaming edition of the Tech Crack podcast by Sync and I. 